This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Greetings. Welcome to a special evergreen edition of the Steve Day Show, powered by Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. You are listening and watching a show that is not live, but it is new. We recorded it for such a time as this. What time is that? When we needed a day off and didn't want to have to take any PTO. So we bank a few of these each year called Evergreens, and you get one of these original specialities from us today. So thank you for tuning in. Well, now I know why they call it the best-selling Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier, because this is one of our partners I've gotten the most positive response about here in the last few months. Several of you have tried it, cannot believe the results that you have seen. That's why they've sold over a quarter of a million of them. That's why they have tens of thousands of five-star reviews odors from litter boxes, trash cans, smoke, dirty diapers, and more. No match for the powerful thunderstorm air purifier from our friends over at Eden Pure. Better yet, it is filterless, so you won't be switching out filters out of your own pocket or your, your own labor for the time that you own it. Shipping is free. And shipping is free when you go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com and use the discount code Steve at EdenPureDeals.com. Shipping is free. That's EdenPureDeals.com and use the discount code Steve at EdenPureDeals.com. Gentlemen, the evergreen that the audience is about to be uh, subjected to is inspired by one of the most extraordinary Twitter threads I have ever seen. Ever seen. Michael Sanger is with the Brownstone Institute author of Snake Oil, How Xi Jinping Shut Down the World, contributor over at Tablet Magazine. He put out this thread earlier this year. We had originally planned something else for this evergreen, and then the minute I read through this entire thread, I, I contacted you guys right away and said, change of plans. This needs to be a show. This needs to be a show. Before we get into this, your general thoughts on this thread and what the what the audience is about to have laid bare. You know, it's there's no for me no new material here. Uh but he uh brings the receipts in terms of actual I mean you're going to see just pointing out specifically not just in generalizations remember what happened but like just Rubbing all of our nose in it, and that can't happen enough until there's the appropriate level of consequences for what happened. I mm -hmm. mean, there there is a noose on this desk for a reason uh, to uh, point to the well, 
whenever this comes out, but Steve's got a uh, the, the book Rise of the Fourth Reich coming out, and it's it's simply demanding that there ne- there needs to be a verdict on what they did to us mm-hmm. that we haven't come close to embracing or understanding, and therefore Michael steps up to the plate and said, uh, I, "On some level, he obviously." Agrees with us, and he said, it, "Then I'm going to take the dog and rub its uh, nose in the mess that it's made one more time, and we'll see if we can uh, wake it up this time." I think, Aaron, along the lines of what Todd just said, that is what makes what we're about to share with the audience so potent. Mm-hmm. Is it? This isn't anything new. What is new is seeing it all presented together in one seamless garment that makes the true nefarious motivations, intentions, uh, purposes here, very difficult to chalk up to just some form of random chance uh, in the midst of an unprecedented situation. Yes, and I think for maybe just human nature reasons, many of us subconsciously, I think, have tried to forget what actually happened March, April, Mm -hmm. May. In some parts of the country, in other parts of the country, March, April, May, June, July, August, into perpetuity in some respects. An example of that is Bella, my wife, reminded me, jogged my memory the other day. Here in Iowa, you go into Target and they had roped off sections of the store. Arrows and directions at Walmart. Yes, which saved millions of lives. Yeah, of course. Yes. They had roped off sections. You could go... You could go get food, but you could not shop for clothes. Same building, same building. Could shop for food, but but that was—I don't think that was a state thing. I think clothes are not essential. Target's (laughs) Target's own policy, or something like that. The the pictures in Michigan, and I'm—I can't remember if that's in here or not. Roped off gardening, yeah, seats. Ridiculous, mind-numbingly stupid things. Just stupid. There's one in here, and I'll say this right off the bat before we get into the thread. There's one that's not in here that I know. This was way, one of my first indications that this was, a, this was a pretty big scam. I think it was March. It was the first week, really, that things started ramping up. Maybe March 10th, 11th, something, somewhere in there. We had a story from one of our local TV stations about Grinnell College, which is as left-wing as you can find in the state of Iowa, sending their students home to stop the spread of this virus. All the students were right here. In order to stop the spread, we're going to send them over here. Right. I remember that That now. That was one of the first things I realized... This is a gigantic mind bleep scam. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see a lot of a gigantic mind bleep scam in the Twitter thread that we are going to go through here today. So let us begin. More than two years since the lockdowns of 2020, the political mainstream is just beginning to realize that the response to COVID was an unprecedented catastrophe. But that realization hasn't taken the form of a mea culpa. One of the one of the key points that 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 Daniel and I make throughout Rise of the Fourth Reich, for those that think 
calling for tribunals, calling for trials and execution.com is going too far. One of the key points that Daniel and I make to answer that objection, because we agree with you, such things should not be called for lightly. Such things should not be discussed frivolously. The weight of such things should not be diminished for mere rhetorical flourish or talking point supremacy. These are serious things. These are serious matters. These are serious instruments and corrections and thus should only be discussed seriously. To that end, throughout this entire ordeal, how many times did those who foisted this evil upon us, how many times did they stop what they were doing, took a look at the actual data, reconciled it with their processes, and then came to us and said, you know what? Wow, we, we just decided to err on the side of caution here, on the, air of, on, the, on, the, on the side of overreaction. It's a novel coronavirus of questionable to malicious origin. We weren't sure what we were dealing with. Now that we have some real data here, all right, on that one we can ease up. On that one we went too far, you know? So, our bad. We want to keep doing this, though, until we get more data that shows we don't have to. How much, how much of that voluntary humility, transparency, and self-awareness were we showed anywhere in the United States of America during the heights of this ordeal? That never happened. It never happened a single time. In a single state, in a single country, or single time in this country. It happened in other countries. The Dutch did it, for example. Norway did it, for example. It happened in other places. It never happened here. And it never happened in a single state. Anytime they walked anything back, it was by pressure. Court order. They, were, they had to be confronted to do it. Never happened voluntarily. What does that tell you? They need to pay. They need to pay. What it tells you is that no, tribunals, trials, and execution.com isn't going too far at all. That the intent, in the end, really wasn't about an overzealousness to stop a virus. Because that remorse or self-awareness or humility would have been practiced if that was the case. The intent was something else. And that something else is absolutely of a nefarious origin, purpose, and intention. And you, it must be punished. You were either their lab rat or their toy. And yes. you should you should resent both of them with Amen maximum prejudice. Amen. Very well said. Back to the thread. Michael says, rather, the prevailing narrative on the mainstream left is that any upside from the response to COVID is due to state-ordered closures and mandates, while any downside was inevitable due to the virus's independent, being independent of any state-ordered closures, which never happened. Got it? Good. Does that sound confusing to you? A bit. Uh, isn't 
Isn't he basically saying what you say? Uh, heads I heads win, I win, tails, tails you lose. This is yes. the unfalsifiability fallacy. Yeah, yeah, and I like the Aaron's way of saying it is just a lot smarter. I just can't ever remember it, so I go with what my old man used to tell me growing up. Yeah, <laughs> right. But yeah, Aaron's way of saying it is the smarter way. But I can remember that, so we're gonna go with heads I win, tails you lose. This is nonsensical. It's a, it's circular reasoning. It's why is the Quran true? Because it says so. Well, why does it say it's true? Because it is. It's just, it's a circular argument. This is the kinds of stuff cognitive dissonance and cults produce. There's no critical thinking in any of this. Which is why Michael says this next. This perplexing narrative was perfectly encapsulated in this viral tweet by a history professor who griped about the difficulty of convincing his students that government mandates had nothing to do with the fact that they couldn't leave their homes in 2020. The tweet says, quote, how quickly we lost the memory battle over 2020 for over a year now. When my students write about COVID, it's about how no one was allowed to leave their homes due to government mandates infringing on our individual liberties. That never happened. And they're so certain it did. This is the professor gaslighting his students. We just, just a couple of months ago, we had a woman who still... Two plus years later, was being charged. She's finally been cleared. Right. But from Idaho, arrested. Yeah. For playing on a playground. Wife of a cop. Yeah. Arrested by some of her husband's peers. Yeah, but yeah. it didn't happen. Yeah. Now, you can argue, and this is a valid argument, doesn't necessarily mean we would agree or share it in this circumstance. Is it a valid argument to say that an emergency occurred? that required the suspension of in some individual liberties. We saw that in World War II. You had curfews, right? Mm-hmm. You had rationing of products that you could consume or eat. Executive powers, sure. Yeah, okay. Because, and and uh, so in, in an imperfect world, can we sit here and say that there is never a time that your liberties may have to be set aside because of a greater problem? No. No. Now, would our definition of what those times are probably be a lot different than some people on the other sides? Probably. Probably. But can we sit here and say in an imperfect world that you'll never face such a time? No. But is that the debate he's having? No. No, he's not even considering that point. This history professor is just gaslighting his students that there was no tension at all between their individual liberties and what the government did. That is a worldview that essentially says government is in whom we live and breathe. Government is responsible for our rights. Government is God. That's statism. When it's merged with the corporate sector, that's called fascism, which we saw plenty of and still do too. So this professor is essentially saying to his students, why are you acting like you're a free people? Why don't you want to be wards of the state? Why don't you want to be apparatchiks of the fascist regime? Next, Michael shares a clip of an interview with Bill Maher and celebrity scientist Neil deGrasse Tyson, who argued that we can't, act, we can't assess the effects of lockdowns and mandates because the counterexamples like Sweden are too different to be applicable. How? 
Indeed. Remember one of the first videos we produced on this show in our pushback against COVID was comparing the data between Sweden and Michigan. Do you remember this? Yeah. Why? Because Sweden and Michigan have almost the exact same populations. And similar to Sweden, Michigan has a disproportionate portion of its population centered around one or two major population centers like Sweden does. And what did we find? Who did better, Sweden or Michigan? Sweden, Sweden. outperformed Michigan by every metric. Remember Neil deGrasse Tyson? Remember we played a video of him on the show early this year pointing out um, the lie that uh, you still take the jab to stop other people from getting sick. That's a lie. It doesn't stop the spread. So I suppose you have two options here. You could, um, you could surmise that the guy who runs the Museum of Natural History, the most famous museum in the United States of America, New York City, where Night at the Museum was filmed or, or inspired, you could surmise that he either is that uninformed about the latest data on the jabs or he just lied to you right to your face. He's an apparatchik. Either one of those find, do you find either one of those particularly comforting? I do not. And do I, now, neither do I. Do we know which one of those it is? We don't know that either. So you're free to choose whichever one, whichever one of those gives you the best warm and fuzzy, that he's just this dumb or he's just that dishonest. See, I'm the anti-vaxxer, so obviously I was seeing tells from the very beginning and I anticipated them, but to Aaron's point about seeing the tells, when instantly we are seeing a different approach from Sweden, and I know that you've pointed this out in several ways before, but you can't, it bears repeating over and over and over again. Uh, and instantly, Sweden, which has, lo I mean, Greta Thunberg is from there. Yes. She is, she, it is, it is a secular Western Valhalla and instantly Sweden takes a different course of action on this and the entire world either forgets it exists. Or acts like Donald Trump is president was, of Sweden. I was going to say, yeah, it, yeah, like Sweden is the love child of like Donald Trump and Saudi Arabia. Yes. Like just some stupid backwater. Why would we ever listen to Sweden? That's another tell. Yep. Speaking of gaslighting, Michael Sanger points out that Charlie Crist, candidate of gov for governor of Florida, accused Ron DeSantis of being the, quote, shutdown guy. But Crist had sued DeSantis to keep kids out of school and wrote DeSantis a letter in July of 2020 saying the state should still be in a lockdown. Just bold-faced lying there. Bold-faced. Like, not a flip-flop. Not a exaggeration, not a euphemism, just a lie out of whole cloth. Stuff of sociopaths. That's what Charlie Crist is. He's a sociopath, if you can lie like that. Just gaslighting incarnate. Like his father, the father of lies. Yeah, we, it was uh, never let a good crisis go to waste. You, you'd think that maybe the real, whatever was real about COVID... You know, and when people really got afraid, and this feels a little different, mm -hmm. that would the th that would be the thing that would disabuse people of their normal political shenanigans. This thing put it on steroids, mm -hmm. which doesn't speak well. When we say go back to normal, that's what I mean. It doesn't speak well. 
maybe a, a more lucid people who, yeah, had kind of let things get a little out of hand politically over a couple issues, but more often than not had their head screwed on. Like, I, I think we are just so far gone, so sold out. Not just Charlie Chris. Charlie Christ's Legion, I think, is the point yes. that needs to be made. Yes. That, no, this was just, then everybody just saw this instead of instead of something that would be clarifying your fundamentals. Uh, you actually had no fundamentals given over to dark forces, and it was just time to turn it all up to 11. And Correct. then all of a sudden, as you say, Todd, this is where we have the dynamic of the lie is the point. That That's yes. kind of what yep. I yes. think you're talking about. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. Arguments like these are as facile as they are transparent. Does anyone honestly think these people would be arguing against, arguing that lockdowns didn't happen or that it's impossible to measure their effects if the policy had been a success? <laughs> Correct. I, I, I put up a, a meme on my social media channels recently. If the unjabbed were the ones dying suddenly, it would be the lead story yeah. on every newscast in America. Anybody want to argue against that? Anybody want to deny that? Well, it was. In a few instances. I mean, and not the dying suddenly part, but any time an unvaccinated person died uh, back in April, May, June, July of 2021, you heard about it. You heard about it. Mm -hmm. Didn't matter if it was from COVID. Anytime an unvaccinated person died or an unjabbed person died, at least on social media, you heard about it. Yeah, for the ones who lived, it was constantly a version of round them up. You can't do this. You can't do that. You shouldn't mm -hmm. do this. You shouldn't have this service. Um, you're basically a modern-day leper. As is extraordinarily well documented by data, Michael writes, video evidence, news reports, government orders, testimonial evidence, and living memory, the strict lockdowns of spring 2020 were all too real, and few people publicly opposed them. I had someone who ran for Congress. Tell me the morning that we were, the morning that we were going, getting ready to record this. So it happened as I was getting ready to come in to do this recording with you guys. I had someone who ran for Congress tell me that Trump didn't do any lockdowns. The governors did. I'm like, 15 days to flatten the curve never happened. 30 days to slow the spread never occurred. First of all, are you aware of who I am? <laughs> no. There's a there's a there's a there's a short list of people you don't ever want to pull this stuff on. I'm on it. Number two, fifteen days to flatten the curve absolutely happened, as did thirty days to slow the spread. Governors didn't organically lock down. They did so at the bequest, encouragement, advisement. And affirmation of the Trump White House. That's what 15 days to flatten the curve and 30 days to slow the spread was. And remember when anybody tried to push back against that, like we made fun of him recently, but Governor Kemp, Trump hammered him for it. Yes. Said it was too early, too premature. Yeah. Correct. I mean, this guy ran for Congress, has like over 100,000 Twitter followers. He tried telling me that on Twitter this morning. But he didn't, Trump didn't lock anybody down. I just no. no no just no just no by itself 
just this, simply no. This is what, and we all had our moments. You know, we all had to survive, one way or the other. We had to go grocery shopping, uh, and not try to make our wives cry by picking a fight every time. So yes. you know, put the mask and stuff like that. But this is why, what when I like this is why, and it was me and my youngest, and it was on good. It was on good, good Friday. It was during Lent of that of 2020. But when she and I walked in to pick up a pizza. Oh, I remember yeah. this. And I, vi- I videoed it. Yeah. Because I was just like, no. There, I mean, people right over there eating their pizza right there. And they're staying here for a, at least a half hour. They ordered. They're eating. No masks right there. Yeah. I'm right here. I want to walk in. and two, Like, here's my money. Give me my pizzas. It was a pickup. No, sir, I'm not giving it to you until you put a mask on. I'm not doing like that. I'm not doing that insanity today. And that's why we need mm-hmm. to see this. Yes. It was insane. That dumb all the time. The harms that lockdowns would cause, including deaths to delayed medical operations, a mental health crisis, drug overdoses, economic recession, global poverty and hunger. Is that all? Is but that wait, all it did? there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. But hey, at least lockdowns had a wonderful singing voice. These were all well-known and reported when they were first adopted in early 2020. And here is an article from the Brownstone Institute, where Michael works, about how governments were given credible warnings about lockdown harms in advance of them. Again, did anybody heed any warnings? Did anybody get any form of a second opinion? Did anybody uh, monitor data? Anywhere, at any point in time. If it weren't for people like us aggressively pushing back on this to the point of getting the attention of a hand-selected group of policymakers like the governor of Florida, for example, true or false, this stuff would all still be going on. True. I completely think it's true. Yeah. I think I completely think it's true. What would have been the impetus for it to not go on? I know. Nothing, nothing will ever make me angrier than the people on our side who kept genuflecting to this nonsense. There are people on our side who, I mean, they're as uh, responsible for the whole Netflix and chill philosophy as everybody. Just write it out. What does it hurt? Like, Mm -hmm. like, do you? This is why our like our egg, our egg-headed white paper, uh, sell books stuff. Like, do you? Do you understand how real people live on any level? And there's the no part of their is life no. is Netflix yeah. and chill. They have to go out. They they don't have the home office. No, no is the answer. They don't. What's the name of the uh, shock jock on Sirius XM? Howard Stern. Howard Stern. Not a clown. Two years, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. didn't leave his compound for didn't like two years. Didn't lose his compound for two years. It's a renegade. Yeah. Falmouth porn rebel. Yet regardless, key officials, media entities, billionaires, and international organizations advocated the broad imposition of these unprecedented, devastating policies from the earliest possible date. The resulting scenes were horrific and dystopian, and some of those scenes we'll be getting to here when we come back. In a moment. A reminder about our friends over at Better Spectacles. Who are they? They're a conservative American company that offers Rodenstock eyewear, 144 year old German engineered 
glasses that are the gold standard in the industry, exclusively available for the first time for mass distribution here in the U.S. via our friends at Better Spectacles. All right. So if you want uh, your glasses to work perfectly with your brain and the sharpest vision in all distances, including 40% better at near and intermediate distances, uh, you want to talk to our friends over at Better Spectacles. BetterSpectacles.com slash Steve. That's where I went to have my eyes checked out and to get these glasses. Better Spectacles.com slash Steve. Schedule a teleoptical appointment. Won't even have to leave your home. Don't settle with your eyesight. Go big. Ask about their introductory offer. 61% off plus free handcrafted rodent stock frames. That's Better Spectacles.com slash Steve. Thoughts on what we have discussed so far? I hate that we have to do this. Yeah. I, I hate... Can, can I pause right there? I doubted, actually, this morning whether we should do this again. I, I, I felt like... Am I milking something now? Have, haven't, we, haven't we done this all before on this show to this audience? No. And then? And then, in an unrelated manner, I had a guy with over 100,000 Twitter followers who ran for Congress come at me this morning and claim that Trump didn't do any lockdowns. And that's why that's when I said, no, we're absolutely doing this this, this afternoon. Oh, we're absolutely going to record as this. As we speak when we're doing this, you can see it in real time. They are ramping up the next booster campaign. And it's a combo. COVID, monkeypox, uh, flu thing. It's happening. They're like they're, It has to be done. I, and I know the rest of my adult life is going to be spent hurting people's feelings because I just, I, I know how this is why the Lord's people had to spend 40 years wandering around in the desert. I, I, and why he gave them, told them to make monuments and, uh, and, 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 and wear reminders of what they had seen and what the Lord had done. So they would not forget. Yes. This is why the previous era celebrated December 7th, Pearl Harbor day and June 6th D day on an annual basis so they would not forget we can't forget either more in a moment the steve day show this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real pos You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show here with a special evergreen edition. Alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre, we are looking at this incredible Twitter thread from Michael Sanger over at the Brownstone Institute looking back on the, 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 the PSYOP that was 
three years of lockdowns and COVID stand. A lot of times that chronic pain that lingers uh, is a result of too much inflammation in your body. And it can go from annoyance to just, you know, taking the joy out of things, making you feel like you just can't do the stuff that you used to enjoy doing when you were maybe younger, healthier. And that's why you want to talk to our friends over at Relief Factor. It's not a drug. But it is a formula that was created by physicians who can prescribe drugs. It helps you to fight back against the inflammation in your in your in your body, particularly in your joints. Uh, you start for just a three week trial. See if you don't see a difference in three weeks or less for just twenty bucks. That's it. What do you have to lose for twenty bucks? And then you'll likely find out why about seventy percent of the people who start it end up sticking with it because of the results that they saw. If you want to see if you'll get similar results, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com or call them at 804. That's the number four, 800, the number four relief, 800 for relief. Here's, I want to go back to where we left off because it'll set up where we're going to go next. Where we left off, Michael said, and I quote, yet regardless, key officials, media entities, billionaires, and international organizations advocated the broadest imposition of these unprecedented, devastating policies from the earliest possible date. And the resulting scenes were horrific and dystopian. And now we're going to take a look at some of these scenes. And these are just archetypes of things that we saw all over the country many times. For example, people lining up outdoors in freezing temperatures to get food. At least they could go in and get food. That part wasn't roped off. The clothes was roped off. The food, not roped off. So at least there was that. In many cities, still sick patients were tossed out of hospital beds and sent back to nursing homes. Looking at you, Andrew Cuomo. Looking at you, Gretchen Whitmer. What was it, seven states, I believe, did this, if I recall? Pennsylvania did it. I think New Jersey, Connecticut did it as as well. I want to say it was seven states that did this. Sounds right. Playgrounds were taped up and shut down. Parks and beaches were closed, and some mainstream commentators argued that those closures should be even stricter. David Frum, quote, Ron DeSantis has well learned the thug methods of his mentor, Donald Trump. He spread virus to half the country by refusing to act promptly to close his state's beaches and now tries to avoid accountability by breaking the law to shut down independent media. How do you, how do you share a country with these people? I'm straight up asking, how does it occur? Especially when, in here, in so many of these examples, the way law enforcement just slipped it. Like, again, the amount of times we've had to ask in the last three years, whether it's for this stuff or drag queen story, like, where are the sheriffs and what are they doing? What, like, what code do they live by? Where are the men? Most of these cops are men. Like, at some point, how do you like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's nonsense. I know a little bit something about uh, enforcing. Yeah. Uh, and when, when a mob comes, when it goes, what's an actual mob look like? All that's, um, this is nonsense. I'm having no part in this. 
You imagine these people are with the law enforcement like that. These people are going to make sure we don't share a country with them. Yeah, those people will fire on you. Yeah, I'm just telling you right now. Any cop that is willing to say it's I'm just following orders, just my job to arrest you for for going to a park or going to a beach is absolutely willing to fire on you if he's told these are domestic terrorists they have to be stopped. Yeah, absolutely would. Or at the very least, you should automatically assume that that is the case and plan accordingly. Many who flouted these closures were charged or arrested. Here's an example from Toronto. Critics say charging people for lingering on Toronto's park benches is arbitrary and misguided, you think? Paddle border chased by boat arrested in Malibu after flouting coronavirus closures. Police set up checkpoints at state borders. Here's a story from Rhode Island. The National Guard sets up checkpoints at the Connecticut border. Mask mandates were administered by force. Here's Philly police dragging a man from a bus for not wearing a face mask. And as if it's a sign that we not only did we not learn anything, but there's something else coming down the pike. I don't know if you two have heard recently, but uh, on the radio coming and going to work, there is a new radio campaign by some sort of law enforcement agency talking about um, the proper thing to do yeah. with the police. Yeah. And it's just be be docile, accept mm-hmm. what's happening there, and you can fight it later on sort of thing. Hmm. Like this is... It, that a commercial like that should never run in a place called the United States of America on which it was founded. No matter they're t- telling you, no matter what the cops do to you, no matter what, bend over and take it. You really don't have any rights in that moment. We'll sort it all out later. I, I fundamentally reject that notion. Completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. Particularly in the era in which we are in. particularly in the era in which we are in. Those aren't our institutions anymore. And, and frankly, it has been rare in human history when institutions like that have, been, have belonged or been favorable or have had their default lean towards people like us. Most of the time, that has not been the case. Most of the time, they have been instruments of the state not of individual empowerment, but of statist authority. What we had for a while in this country was rare. And, it, and, and, and if we're going to be, again, keep it real, it wasn't that way for everybody in the country. If you had a certain color of your skin, mm-hmm. was it that way for you for mm-hmm. a longest period of time? No. So even within our own country, where these traditions were rare, right. it still wasn't fully extended throughout all of its tradition anyway. There were still plenty of places you could go that if you had the wrong skin color, the old Eddie Murphy line about getting arrested for being black on a sunny day, if you went to the wrong places in the country in the wrong period of time at the wrong moment, those defaults leaning towards giving the individual exercising his freedom the benefit of the doubt, they didn't apply to you. No. So even in this country where... Those institutions have been as favorable to individual liberty as they have been in any country in the history of our humanity. 
we still haven't been great at consistently and evenly applying them to all peoples at all times, have we? So then what do you think happens when you when you head into the era that we're in right now? What do you think happens? Well, we're the new black people. We're the new people. It's just we're the new people that instant suspicion of. Well, what are you going to that park for? Why are you going to that beach? I mean, you can you can you can see it in the way certain black people are treated. I really think we need more outspoken black people. Unless their names are Kyrie Irving and Tony Dungy, then we don't. I'm for open borders. Unless it's a Russian hockey player that doesn't want to wear your rainbow jersey, then it's deport his ass. See what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. So the the new thing is those defaults and pos- and, and positive assumptions won't be extended evenly across the board in this period in time either. That's why every time you turn on the Tolerance Boulevard, it is a one-way street. And you and I, regardless of the colors of our skin or gender or where we go to church, if we dare to think for ourselves at any particular point in time, we're on the wrong side of that one-way street. We swerved into oncoming traffic. Can I get an amen on that? So I think we ought to be really hesitant, really hesitant about extending those kinds of default, docile postures toward anybody wearing a government uniform in this day and age. Doesn't mean go looking for trouble. Nope. Doesn't mean be stupid. Doesn't mean be a douchebag. Doesn't mean egg it on. Be respectful. For sure, I would urge respect. Docile? submissiveness not so sure about that two things are simultaneously true on this on this issue cops have the second hardest second least thanked job in any society amen they are the cartilage between order and chaos in a lot of cases that and the holy spirit but in in terms of on the ground the other thing that's simultaneously true at the same time being a cop definitely is an attractive vocation for bullies because of the authority that you are given. Amen. So with that I kind in of think mind, the kinds of cops that you should be respectful of, you wouldn't have to worry about being docile to, correct, you know what I'm saying? Correct. With that in mind, should you ever go into any confrontation, not confrontation, but any uh, situation where a cop is involved and just automatically assume, Oh, these guys are the, on the totally, uh, totally just not a bully. no, you should always go in with your back straight to stand up tall. That's that's just the bottom line. And yeah, I've heard that thing on the radio too, Todd, and I've had similar thoughts. Hmm. Uh, Matt, can we go back to the last tweet from Michael about the Philly police dragging the man for not wearing a face mask? To that end of what we were just discussing, help me, give me a favorable spin on what kind of a human being? Tell me, tell me the benefit of the doubt, the human being who decides, I will do this for a job today. This will be my job. Help me understand, because I, I don't see any. 
So I don't want to be devoid of empathy. My Lord commands me to love my neighbor as I love myself. So help me sincerely. I'm asking, what is the benefit of the doubt to these two guys in the badge who got up this morning and said, I will do this for a living? What is it? What's the benefit of the doubt that I'm not saying? Well, there's no benefit of the doubt, but they are legion. That this is that this this makes them feel important, part of a cause, um, uh, and that's like the best case scenario. The worst case, people just like to lord things over other people. They like to make other people feel weak to make themselves feel strong. I mean, yeah, that's, bullies. Um, and furthermore, just like the again, we're, we're apparently the the science people. If you're really, really genuinely concerned about a respiratory virus and you're trying to constantly do things, a mask or actual physical like distance mm-hmm. is the, and it was implemented everywhere. We saw it everywhere is the thing to do to those who have chosen a different path. Is it to get closer to them to the point of physical contact to make them breathe harder by making them do physical exertion, so everybody. I guess you could say so they're, everybody's, they're, they're truly showing faith in their own mask yes. wearing. Yes, it's just it's all again. It's, it, you you had most people, sadly, like sheep, just complying. So this had something. You were you were you were making yourself by your own standard more in danger hmm. by getting closer to them by breathing harder, all that stuff. Yet you did it anyways. Which just, again, that's a tell. It's about something other than whatever air we're breathing. I've used the words creepy more often to describe this type of behavior more than I, I ever had. If I don't even know if I'd, I'd used creepy before to describe this type of behavior because we hadn't really seen it before. But this just automatic, automatic, like, uh, gut reaction level responses to people who were not, you know, who were not playing ball or whatever with whatever was supposed to be going down. Not playing ball with the narrative, not playing ball with the mass. The gut level instinctiveness, whether it's a pizzeria that Todd goes to or the 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 Philly cops there. It's creepy and it's creepy because it's cult it's it is truly cult-like behavior. It's brainwashing. The level of difference. I I was at Kennedy Space Center earlier this year. There's a Hall of Heroes, I believe is what it's called. And before you go into the Hall of Heroes, you sit in this round room, and it's got this presentation and all of these little kids talking about who their heroes are. And one little kid said, Elon Musk is my hero because blah, 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 blah. And immediately, this was in a room of 20, 25 people, three, four, five people, no, 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 started yelling, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> That's creepy. They had to, they reflexively had to let you know they did not approve of that publicly. They had to let you know that. It's the same type of thing we saw day after day after day with COVID. The great brainwashing. And boy howdy. That was... There were sheep and then there were the absolute brainwashed, and maybe they are one and the same, but there was definitely an enforcer level on a, in a lot of people uh, when it came to when it came uh, to handing down the edicts from on high. Unless we other. just make it about 
othering police or libs or something like that. Uh, one of the most memorable yeah. moments of my entire life will always be re- going to mass Easter 2021. So obviously Easter 2020 was totally blown up. Mm-hmm. Going to mass Easter, and it was it was full, but everybody was masked on Easter 2021. And the looks I, I was walked in there it was like, nah. I mean, honestly, I was a unicorn. See, that's what needs to happen more often. It's time for us to, our voices need to be heard. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Who the hell are you, dude? Yeah. Why the hell do I, what what, what, what makes you think that that you are entitled to share your opinions with me? I guess that means, no, guess what? I am now entitled to share my opinions with you. And I can promise you this. I can promise you I care less about what you think of me yeah. than how much you care about what I think of you. Yeah. I promise you that Agreed. is the case. And if you doubt that, let's, find, let's out. find out. Yeah. We'll come back. Hour two. More on this amazing thread from Michael Sanger uh, over at the Brownstone Institute on this special evergreen edition of the Steve Day Show in a moment. Hour two here on a special evergreen edition of the Steve Day Show here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Day's here alongside Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Don't forget that all of you, hopefully not all of you at once, but at some point in time, all of you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook me, we, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. Also look for me over on Trump's Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. And you got to really look for me over there because I'm shadow banned there too. That's D-E-A-C-E, by the way, on the last name. And if you are a podcast listener, cannot thank you enough for your support of the program. We are so appreciative. Please show your appreciation for us by uh, hitting the subscribe or follow button and uh, giving us a five-star review. If you like us, if you don't, you know, don't lie. But if you like us, we would certainly appreciate the five-star review and are thankful for all of you that have given those to us so far. We are very, very appreciative. Thank you. In this special evergreen edition, we are looking over an incredible Twitter thread that was put out earlier this year by Michael Sanger over at the Brownstone Institute, looking back on the PSYOP of the last few years. So suppose there was a, a virus of malicious to unknown origin strategically leaked into the population. <clears throat> Thankfully, there actually were a few medications that if you prophylaxis with it, or you tested positive and it was early enough into the onset of symptoms that there was at least some degree, anywhere from some to high degree of likelihood, the most severe manifestation of symptoms from said virus's infection could be mitigated. But then they told you that you, the system said you couldn't have access to those drugs. 
get a hold of our friends over at Jace Medical. Get the Jace case of venerable antibiotics, including the hard to find right now, amoxicillin. Uh, have that available just in case the dystopian novel that I just uh, laid out an elevator pitch for for you uh, were to actually come true in real life one day. Who knows? JaceMedical.com and then enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount. Discount code DACE at checkout at JaceMedical.com. As we head into part two of this conversation, gentlemen, your thoughts on what we have unveiled and discussed so far as it heads into part two. If I say what I really want, people need to die for this. People need to die. After a fair trial. After of a course. fair trial. After course. a fair trial, of course. Yes. That's my thoughts so far. Do you, do you need more? I mean, when you have a child and you do not discipline them, what are you incentivizing? Bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Even if you take a neutral stance, you're incentivizing bad behavior because you did not get punished. That may be something like climbing on the furniture or when they're older, uh, stealing candy when they said they were not, a- not allowed to or doing something that they're not allowed to. Innocuous. When you're an adult and you do stuff that kills people actively or letting them die, guess what you incentivize by not punishing that with you know, an equal, a commiserate response. You're going to get more of that. Mm-hmm. And what have we seen in the years and now two years going on, two years of the jab campaign, three years of COVID stand? What have we seen? We have seen exactly that with the AMRNA injections. That is the lasting legacy. It's not been put to an end. No, in fact, they're expanding that empire. I'm going to start jabbing kids and babies with these mRNA concoctions. Flu, COVID, RSV, Todd joked, monkeypox. Why not? Why not? You're going to get more of this behavior. You don't punish little kids for misbehaving. You incentivize bad behavior. When you don't punish adults who know better and are remorseless for the actions that killed they're going to keep killing because you've incentivized it. Somebody needs to die. Some buddies need to die after a fair trial, of course. Todd? You'll recall a couple months ago, a woman who we haven't heard from since that I know of, a professor somewhere, I think she wrote in The Atlantic about, and she was a big... uh, Oh, was it the mea culpa? Yeah, Yeah, the mea culpa. Mistakes were made kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, a lot. Uh, th- she's she's first. She she got dragged and rightly so, but there's a lot of people and there are a lot of people on our side who still think that there's li- there's life in uh, February 2020, and it was the halcyon days, and then the pandemic came and we kind of lost our mind. And yeah, there needs to be consequences, but really, the pandemic. This. Is this is not the pandemic's fault. The pandemic didn't do to us. We were a people that were primed and ready to be this. And then the pandemic happened and gave us an excuse. 
a lot of us people mm-hmm. a, a lot of people wanted this to happen a lot of people made it to happen but just as guilty are the people who really had no moorings to anything fundamental they were already a mob ready and willing to happen because their life was so empty or shallow and look how willingly they became stormtroopers amen this was not a healthy country before pandemic don't lie to yourself that is a great segue to where we pick up Michael's thread. Do you guys remember when churches tried to offer yeah. drive-in services and were fined? Was it was it North Carolina or Kentucky, one of those states with a Democratic governor who who had the cops or the national or the state police come in and put like tacks and nails in the I think parking it was lot? Kentucky. Was it, it? It was one of those two that had nails placed in the parking lot so that people couldn't do drive-in church services. Here's the other reason why this is so important we're doing this exercise. The three of us have mainlined this every day. Every day. I mean, everybody's experienced it, but we've gone like to the deep end. Mm -hmm. Like the data, everything, talking about it every day on our jobs. When you... When you say stuff like that, even right now, still sounds nuts. It seems unreal, like but it, it didn't. Ha- but it happened I know. every day. I know. I mean, I, it, remembering that again, I just thought that happened. Yeah, that freaking happened. They they put nails in the in the parking lot so people couldn't come to drive up church. Yes. Well, this story. I don't know if you're getting to this. This story is from Mississippi. I remember this story. I think this was a black church in Mississippi. And they were fined fined $500 for having drive-in church service. Even businesses that offer drive-in services were also forced to close. Here's a tulip farm in South Jersey that had to stop drive-through services. Stores and sometimes sections of stores, this is what you were discussing earlier that you and Bella were talking about, Aaron. Stores and sometimes sections of stores that were deemed non-essential were cordoned off. What is that? By not letting you go there, what did they think they were accomplishing? If it saves the, the, just the, one life. The, 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 the viral air doesn't go there? It doesn't... It, 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 or the viral air wafts into places where we don't stand, and therefore we're we're safer. Being what, what, what's the science for this? I'm, uh, do, you, do you know? Well, the virus was afraid of non-essential products. There, there, there is there's there's a science going on here, but it's a science of social crow. This is the a, milligram experiment this, that uh, RFK Jr. was talking about well, last probably, week. This is an early social credit system. Yes. Lockdowns were meant and devised to condition you to accept stipulations towards resuming your freedoms. In this case, the stipulation to accept was then the mask, which was done to condition you for now that you've given up your bodily autonomy when it comes to breath, you give up your bodily autonomy altogether when it comes to injecting their poisonous jab. And then the poisonous jab was the was the conditioning for the two-tiered society that they have long sought to install and are in the process still of trying to. Right? Yeah. That's pretty much the order of events. 
Yeah. School closures caused an unprecedented learning setback, especially for the poorest students. But even when schools were open, kids had to sit for hours in masks, separated by plexiglass barriers. Oh, and oh, by the way, speaking of here, when we're making this in 2023, whenever I was again on the radio coming in the Dan Patrick show, you know, they've got their, he's his Danettes. There's been a bout of illness. They're not saying what it was, but people have been missing and they keep coming. They're not saying what it is, but they were just talking the other day about between two of them. They put up plexiglass Mm -hmm. now. Now, I heard that 2023. Grown men. Many kids were forced to eat lunch outside in silence. And here's video of this, by the way. What what is humane about this? This was in like February or March, I believe in like Oregon. Nice and warm in February and March in in Oregon. I think that's the origin of this video. School children were subject to a mass experiment in remote learning for over a year. Kids were cut off from their friends. Here's a tweet from 2022. This drawing makes me sad. It is from Mariah's school, school journal last year. She's the only one with the smile you could see under the face shield because I wouldn't let her wear a mask. That's just horrendous. Yes, it is. Universities became machines of lifeless and, and sterile health bureaucracy. What a, what a momentous graduation. Don't even have it, honestly. If This is what we're going to do. Why are we even doing this? Countless small businesses were forced to close, and more than half of those closures became permanent. I'm trying to remember what the number was. Was it somewhere like 10 million small businesses or something closed and never reopened? That number is ringing a bell. Something like 10 million small businesses in the country closed during COVID because they were deemed non-essential and were never able to reopen. Sixty percent of all restaurants in the U.S. permanently closed, and a lot of those would be small businesses, right? Somewhere probably between ten, thirty, forty employees, depending on how involved the family is in the operation, with the cooking and the wait staff and the cleaning. of all restaurants in the United States lost. Contemplate that. Just stop and think about that for a second. All those jobs. All those livelihoods. All those families. And for what? There's... There's still so many people out there that their answer without hesitating and with great passion and they're not just crazy libs they would have answered you like so we all didn't die steve you know that's true i know they're all just think that i know and there's nothing to do that you know and 
Who loves you more than someone who lays down their life for you? Answer? Nobody. Nobody does. And Jesus is that someone. He laid down his life for you. Proving no one loves us more than he does. And yet, even he says, there comes a moment. And it's not as late in the conversation as you happen to think that it is, by the way. There comes a moment where it just becomes patently clear. The brain is off. Mm -hmm. The heart is hard. Move on. Mm -hmm. Move on. That's, That's God saying that. Who has been at war with the forces of evil before we were even created. Who himself descended into hell. Think he is unaware of what it means and and what happens to those who reject his forgiveness. Do, do, do you think you're more aware of it than he is? Do you think you're nicer than he is? Did, did you go to the cross? Did you get tortured? What, what suffering for other people's sins have you volunteered for? None? So, so you don't know more than him and you're not nicer than him. Established? Mm-hmm. So say we all seconded? Yes, seconded. Then even he says there's a moment that you just move on. Either their choice has been made or it's not in your engagement with them that their choice will change. So, And you don't know which it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe God will use somebody else to reach them one day, but it won't be you this day. Move on. Move on. They have what they want. I mean, what's more, quote unquote, loving than giving people what they want? You wanted to be left alone. You want to die in your sins. Okay. Is there any more loving than that? If the definition of loving is what makes and affirms, what makes other people feel good and affirms them, now is that the definition of love? No. No. But is that often the false, fake definition people like us get confronted with? Yes. Yeah, so if that's your case, if that's your definition of love, then by all means. I'm going to let you be your true Absolutely. Self. You have it then. I'm, I'm, die on your sins. Enjoy hell. I'm giving you what you want. You have the aisle seat. First class in the eternal smoking section. Your name, your zone's been called. I mean, I, that's loving now. That's the new standard. Not a, not an offending you. Not in not not disturbing your narrative or paradigm. That's the definition of love in our era, right? Yep. Then so be it. You have what you want. Now, the one who is the true definition of love, who does take on the burden of other people's sins upon himself when he doesn't have to who lives the life we could not live and who pays the penalty we could not pay and who died the death we should have died. He is the true definition of love, but even he says at some point, you have to just move on. Don't. There's no commandment to perpetually bang your head against the wall. There isn't an 11th commandment. Thou must beat thy head against thou wall. Doesn't? It's not there. Move on. And to the element that you just described, I would I would ascribe them into that. The only problem element. is that's just so many people now. That that is a problem, I admit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
It's a lot. <laughs> High I, number. I, I admit it's not easily navigated around. I, I, I admit, which is why I'm I'm taking anxiety pills. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about this? Here, look at this video. This is March 30th of 2020 outside Pittsburgh. Look at this video. People lined up for miles at food banks. Look at this. This is a scene out of Venezuela. Is this Venezuela? No, it's Pittsburgh. You know, in their defense, you know, people got to eat, so you're going to line up. There were lines, crazy lines, just to voluntarily get tested over and over again. Yeah. Not because you absolutely had to. Like for, like in China, their social credit, you know, you got to, just to live. Just to breathe that day, you got to go get. Just people like oh, I'm. It's my duty. Mm-hmm. They're like I'm GI Joe now. I'm in the army now. Let's go get tested. <laughs> losers, <laughs> absolute losers. GI <laughs> Joe, that's good. I think it was even in Loudoun County. I think it's Loudoun County. One of the richest count. No, it was in actually in Maryland, I believe. One of the richest counties in the entire country had long lines. For food banks. I remember this. I remember this too. Can't remember which county it was. You're Todd, what you said a while ago about we were literally mainlining this and even we are sitting here like this happened. I know. I'm I am I'm having a hard time remembering that I came into work every day for six months and did this show about these stories. Like that that wasn't my doppelganger on Earth Nine. That happened here. We we came into this office and discussed this stuff every day for like six months. It's never really blows st- my mind. It's never really stopped though. It exists in they, the hearts of everybody. That's what yes. Who perpetuated it? There's never we never put this aside. Which we is talk- why there's a noose here sitting yeah, at this yeah, yeah. on the set. Henson, <laughs> because. That's how it's you the hanging tree. Yeah, that's how you put things aside. You put them up on it. You kick the chair out underneath after a fair trial, of course. Of Can course. I emphasis, okay. emphasize that enough. And, right, yeah, right? Yes. And you remove the people who can't let this go. You let them go. That's what you do. You let them go. That's what you do. After a fair trial, of course. The Financial Times reported that 3 million in the United Kingdom went hungry due to lockdowns. 3 million did. In the UK. In the UK. One of the most modern countries in the world. The situation was even far, far worse in the developing world. Here is pictures of India's lockdown. And lockdowns in other countries around the world and the long lines of people who are hungry and can't get food. If these horrific stories aren't enough, the raw data speaks for itself. Look at the GDP change the percent change from the previous quarter. Look at that number. Is it good when the graph goes in that direction? I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking no. That typically, you don't want the chart to go down in reverse, right? You don't want that? That's bad? Is that bad? Anybody? A bit. At least not ideal. Can we at least say it's suboptimal for that to happen? <laughs> it's economic suicide in one chart. <laughs> You remember there are, and I'm like, there's not a picture. I don't see these days. I want to, is this a, 
is this a psyop? Is it real? Right. Is it being manipulated? But very early on in this, I remember a picture. It was, I think it was from a local Iowa. I think it was local. I think it was from an Iowa farmer who just had to dump. It was a picture of all his onions in a field. He couldn't get them to market because of all this nonsense. It oh, was, I remember these stories. We yeah, there was the supply like, chains were broken. Yes. Couldn't get and so we people were going hungry. Yeah. Remember when Wendy's was rationing hamburgers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then our but we had farmers just dumping food because they couldn't get them through the supply chain. Yeah. Yeah. I had forgotten about that. Go back to that chart for just a second, Aaron. I just remembered this too. I mean, it's all coming back to me now. All right. Do you guys remember with the primary driver of that recession in the last yeah. line of that chart is right there that yep. goes in the wrong direction. Do you guys remember what it was? Yep. Hospitals. It was the healthcare sector. I just remembered that. We shut everything down because we were going to overrun the hospitals. Remember the field hospitals that got built? Like it was, it, I don't yeah. know if it's still called Safeco in Seattle, but yeah. at the baseball stadiums that yeah. would see zero or one patient and yeah. then they'd eventually have to be closed. You guys remember this? Mm-hmm. And so there, we shut the government down or the, the whole way of life down to avoid the hospitals from being overrun. Yeah. And then we had a recession in the second quarter of 2020 that was primarily driven by the loss of revenue in the healthcare sector. Because most most of the hospitals weren't overrun, and the stuff that we call yeah. elective, I know. I, I mean, I thought this way too. I didn't know yeah. when I heard elective. I thought you know people getting boob jobs or you know I got a cleft palate yeah, or yeah. you know I mean you know I mean I, I'm not saying don't hey I'm not saying those things may not be important in some circumstances. I don't know, but that's what I thought when I heard elective. I had no idea that elective meant everything that happens in the hospital that is basically not triage. Like basically anything in a hospital that is not an immediate life or death situation Mm -hmm. is called elective. That didn't, did you know that? I didn't know that. Well, we stopped. So that meant anything that wasn't a COVID emergency or you got double barreled shot in the chest when you got in, we weren't doing. Things that were important. Yeah. Cancer screenings, all kinds of things. Hernia surgeries, things that can get far worse as time goes on. We weren't doing it. We weren't doing it for months. And so we ended up having a recession, guys. We ended up having a recession in the second quarter driven by the decline in revenue in the healthcare sector. During a pandemic, how does this happen? How do you do how How dumb does it have to get? Imagine we were in World War II. Guys, we're in a recession because things have rapidly declined in terms of revenue produced by the defense sector in the middle of a war. Uh, uh, Chocolate, vanilla, yeah, and strawberry. Yeah. I need teepee for my bunghole. Yeah, you think That's what happened! In a pandemic, you think hospitals are a growth industry. <laughs> you would think! But no. You'd think they'd be billing out the yeah. wazoo! And then, after all this, and uh, they've uh, fired people for not complying... Well, not... Before and after firing nurses for not complying, they're talking about uh, um, our hospitals are now, in fact, being overrun when nothing like it had overrun. Being overrun was indicative of the staffing that you had 
to deal with it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like there were not enough space. Mm-hmm. There was actually like overrun for people. There's like half our rooms are empty, but we're mm-hmm. still overrun mm-hmm. because of this climate we've created for ourselves. Constitution Wealth Management, they've helped our listeners so far align about $10 million with their conservative values in just uh, about two months of being on the show. So if you want to be the next to sign up and figure out how can I stop the false choice of putting my portfolio at war with my principles? Um, my, my prince, my, my profits at war with my principles. How can I align those things? They will help you do that at constitution wealth. All right. Um, we are in a culture war of biblical proportions, put your wealth to work in that war and earn a profit at the exact same time. Go to constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Book an appointment today. Get your retirement investments, for example, aligned with your values right now. Help us to build the parallel economy together. Uh, That's constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Do you think that maybe there was a tip on the dope rhyme that the number one viral sensation in the country at the time were nurses doing yeah. TikTok dances overrun that maybe we weren't quite as overrun as we were led to believe was going to happen thoughts frontline heroes who we then fired in less than yeah. 12 months started firing yeah, because we, they we fired them because they wouldn't take, take experimental jabs yeah. even though they had there's been a certain working yeah i kind of I'm, I'm hoping most of those were the nurses that ended up uh yeah, Maybe. something tells me that the nurses that did the, the annoying TikTok videos weren't the ones that refused to take the gene juice. Thoughts? <laughs> my, my guess is they, they took a double shot. Yeah. All right. They, my guess is that um, they did a menage a trois yeah. of jabs. Yeah. One for the left and one from the right. Yeah. Right? They took it in both ends. Okay. That would be my guess. Um. Going through this again was painful. Are we? Does that mean we're done? That's the end. Ugh. Going. Oh yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, this was. Uh, there was a lot of painful memories here, and I I stop and think about the fact, and this is, we got one more segment to go, and we're gonna get a, we're gonna basically share our thoughts as we collect them here during the break about what it meant to go through all this again, and. In some respects, for me, I think, this was actually more painful than doing this show every day during this time. Because even for me, I have wanted, I guess, subconsciously to just move on and forget about a lot of this. While at the same time, I've got a noose on my set. You know, but reliving the specifics of this. Not just the aftermath of the data and what it's done to people, but the specific instances that created the data. For me, it this has been a painful hour and a half. Painful to relive this. Hopefully, it, it, it's it's at least been compelling to you while it has been it's been painful. Let's get Todd and Aaron's final thoughts and more when we return. The Steve Day Show.
Has a band ever put out the worst of album? Here's the worst takes we've ever done. Here's the worst songs we've ever written. Here's the worst performances we've ever done. All in one compelling box set, right? Has there has anybody done that? The worst of us. Because I kind of feel like that's what we just did. Like, this isn't Magical Mystery Tour, which were the the songs the Beatles had left over from the Sgt. Pepper's recording sessions. Th- these are like the songs that they did when they were way uh, overdosing on LSD. So it was just completely not lucid. Like, everything made every song made I Am the Walrus, the Gettysburg Address. So like none of those got put on an album because they didn't know what the hell they were saying either. That's sort of what this, it feels like we have done the last hour and a half. The absolute worst of the worst and the dumbest of the dumb. As I just said, this was very painful for me to go through this again. Necessary. Necessary. So that it never happens again. Let us not forget, but painful. More painful than it was to do it originally when this stuff was happening in real time. Because I have allowed myself to some degree to enjoy emerging into some form of normalcy while at the same time as that is happening, demanding that accountability occur for what happened prior to this return. But doing this all over again, guys, and and remembering these kinds of stories all over again, as we sit here in the final segment of this special Evergreen, and we want to thank Michael Sanger over at the Brownstone Institute for um, that torturous but necessary exercise that inspired uh, today's episode. Your overall thoughts on what this was, and how it felt to go through this again and lessons learned moving forward. Aaron, I'll start with you. It's immense in my mind, and I've had doubts in the past, but no more. I hear sometimes people implicitly or explicitly excusing or explaining the behavior of various public health departments, governors, Scientists, scientists like Anthony Fauci, the CDC, FDA, et al., explaining, excusing the behavior, lockdowns, with with lockdowns in particular, school closures, you can add that in there as well, to just plain ignorance. They just didn't know what they were actually doing, the costs of what they were doing. That notion is complete and utter BS. They knew exactly what was happening. They knew at the very least the cost of what was happening. But through setting up a system of whack-a-mole, through all of these um, uh, independent agencies, state health departments, governorships, uh, federal health departments, federal scientists... No one person would be able to have the buck stop with them because of the poor leadership. Let's just be frank about that at the very top. 
Let's pretend, though, that you take those moles and you sit all of them in a room. Let's put the governor of a state, the head of the state's health department, Anthony Fauci, the head of the CDC, whoever that is. Let's put them all in a room. You ask your governor, why did you, why did you shut the parks down? Uh, well, I did that on the uh, basis of the uh, state health department's recommendations. You ask the head of the state health department, well, I did that on behalf of the recommendations of the CDC. You ask the head of the CDC, uh, why did you do this? Uh, well, we did this based on uh, the science and what the scientists are saying right now. And so you ask Anthony Fauci, well, I didn't make these rules. The CDC did. And you pre- you've created this this mm-hmm. this game of whack-a-mole. Why do, they always, why do they always pass the buck? Because they damn well know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They know. If it was great, they'd, if they, they'd all take they credit take for it. They would take credit for it. If it was great, they wouldn't say, you know, give the health department the credit here. No, they'd say, I made that decision. Yep. Yeah. But we never got that. So I think these people truly did know, on some level, what they were doing was not only wrong, it was wicked. By virtue alone of the fact that they never wanted to take credit for it. Todd, what do you think? Well, you saw me trying to like uh, reconcile with the performing nurses, you know, a certain cosmic justice to how they may get corrected in the end. And if they all took the jabs that willing, and you're absolutely right, uh, well, died suddenly is kind of a harsh mistress. Uh, I, I, and how does that happen then? I bring up the frontline workers, not because I say I, I wish that upon them, but talking about people who had a front row seat, who, who should have known better, initially from them, you'll remember on social media, we saw, we didn't see dancing. We saw the, like the Blair Witch pro, uh, uh, Project testimonials after their long 24-hour yeah. shift with their masks off and the, you know, the bruises on their face. And that was hard. No doubt about it. That was hard. But then I think they all realized after a while, I mean, how does it turn from that into dancing? Mm -hmm. And it did before anything got better. According to them, it did. It did that. How does that happen? Well, they realized I can get all I can get all the the virtue signaling self-importance out of that the easy way. It does after a couple of days of this a hard way they they realize whether I'm going to admit it to anybody else this really isn't you know the uh, the stand. It's not going to be the stand. But it's clear that this isn't going anywhere and I kind of like being in on the club and social media it started with Facebook and then it took a video form um, with all the uh, TikTok exposés, look at it's it's not like gays uh, or, or lives uh, uh, lives against uh, lives of TikTok. It's not like their efforts have stopped these people from getting online and offering their blue-haired, crazy, insane testimonials. This is who we've turned into. We are it's Facebook. It, it, it became a psychosis where you could constantly be writing your own autobiography. In a way, and, and with through a le- and through a filter, it's the same thing. You put a filter on your life, and look at what we're doing. 
I mean, I've got a Facebook account too, but you can see how for some people it's it's become a religion. The same with TikTok. Well, this is what people, and the larger point I'm getting to, we we have we had become a very narcissistic, performative people before COVID came along. And now we're doing that just in the, heck, we're, we're off Broadway. We're doing this. We got a couple of followers. We got, you know, family and friends. And, and it's meeting our job. All of a sudden, all the world's a stage? COVID? Again, I can put on my uniform and be part of the mightiest army there is. The, people couldn't resist. Everybody thought they were an A-list superstar now. And that's how that happened. And you couldn't. That's cults operate. <laughs> cults have had the inside track on doing this to us for a very, very long time. How do we make you feel mm-hmm. special important mm-hmm. for the cause? Well, cultish thinking had weaved its tentacles through a lot of modern life, and that narcissistic performative ritual combined with the manipulation of a pandemic, real or fake. And it was really, let's face it, it was kind of game over. It was kind of game over. And in a way that all three of us in our here, all of us believe in total depravity. All of us believe that uh, 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 we're sinners. But it's one thing to know about the slippery slope and to know about that. To see it happen in real time was truly a mind scrap of the pace and the willingness with which it happened. It can only happen if it's, uh, it can only happen the way, Todd, you described. Conquests take time. Sieges take time. This has to, it takes two to do the tango that you're describing. There, there has to be both a willing oppressor and a a willing submissive. Yeah, it it, it it can't happen, and at the rate that borders nationalistic, um, you know, rivalries mm-hmm. or tensions, none. Of, it pierced every one of those things that has stopped any form of positive global mass cooperation in the history of our species for seven thousand years. It it. It it transcended and pierced all of those things almost almost overnight. We were made to be ruled. We were made to be ruled. In the final five minutes we have, let's wrestle with a couple of questions that I asked or issues or solutions that I asked or we brought up on this program a lot. What is the benign, innocent explanation? for everything that we just discussed. For all the examples we just relived, which, by the way, folks, are just archetypes. Within each of those examples, there are thousands of specific similarities. Those are just archetypes of different manifestations. And within each of those manifestations are a thousand variations or iterations. What's the benign, innocent explanation for everything that we just cited? There, there is none before COVID. Well, before COVID, I kept saying, once we were a people and a culture 
that embraced the notion of transgenderism, we were prepared to fall for absolutely anything. And we did. I remember that. And you were right. I think we just, I think I disabused the notion that it was ignorance. That's just not like, well, we just didn't know. No, you knew. I think it is a possibility that the most benign, and this is not benign, but the most benign and innocent explanation, this was just a straight up judgment of God or God saying, have it your way, Burger King. That's the most benign and innocent explanation. And that is not benign. That is neither benign nor innocent, but that is the most benign and innocent explanation that all of these years, all of these decades, that we have spent not holding to account the forces of darkness in this culture, in Western civilization, those chickens came home to roost in a big way. That's the most benign and innocent, and that is neither benign nor innocent. I have one, actually, because transgenderism obviously isn't. But here, it's it's what I talk about all the time, and it's why I talk all about it. It, it, It's our comfort. There's nothing sinful about providing for our families, a level of comfort, not being destitute, but it's made us soft. It's made us very, very soft. And when you're soft, you're taken advantage of. So the most benign, innocent thing we can come up with is we got soft. Yeah. Doesn't feel very benign or innocent, but I guess it's more benign and innocent than, you know, we're being groomed for an antichrist kingdom. I guess it's more benign and innocent than that. Yeah, but this is the way of empires. We, they get, they f- they had fundamentals. They fought for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were strong for a time. They put things on cruise control. True. This is how it goes. Final thing, we got about two minutes here. Is there any way to avoid something like this or worse happening again that doesn't involve or include punishing the people who did this the first time there's not no way for every sudden drop and i'm sorry short drop and a sudden stop for punishing these people that is a sign of revival isn't it not is it not the opposite yeah is true. I, yeah i mean i was just going to say aaron if if we don't have the will to do that then we're just still as soft as what todd was articulating yeah. Yeah. That led to us falling into line with this the first time. So why wouldn't we just yeah. fall in line again? It's a, it, Not doing anything about this is a promise that it's going to happen again. It's going to. There's no way to avoid it. Because they, they're talking about, so again, a precursor of social credit systems. It's what a lot of people want. Whether they understand that or not on the victim side of things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they want to be soft. They don't they don't find value in being tested to use all their gifts to find out even what they are. They aren't. Our friends over at Preborn want to thank you for your kindness and generosity that has helped them save a lot of babies over the years. This year they've got a goal uh, with our Blaze audience to save 70,000 babies from the abortion mill. For example, um, the, they ran into a woman named Victoria um, her, you know, her name means victorious and that's exactly what happened here with her story. She was anxious when she found out she was pregnant An internet search led her to a preborn network clinic where she would decide the future 
of her baby. And after seeing her baby on ultrasound, ultrasound, an inexplicable bond was formed with her child so strong that she could not put it into words. She also felt loved by her counselor who assured her it was going to be okay. And thanks to Preborn, your generous donations, Victoria courageously chose life and is now eagerly awaiting her baby boy. Donations of any size go towards saving babies, caring for mothers. All donations are tax deductible. Just dial uh, pound 250 and say the keyword baby or go to preborn.com slash Steve. Your love has the power to save a life. Do we need comprehensive tribunals? Yes. <laughs> or to make an example out of a couple of people. Well, Hang a couple of trophies on a wall, for example. You won't know about comprehensive until you make a couple of examples. I mean, let's find out. Let's do the examples first. Why not both? Why not both? Like, how about we do comprehensive tribunals and then we all just get to pick. In fact, we could sell those in the Blaze store, right? Everybody we put Mm -hmm. up on the gallows and hang after a fair trial, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, you know, we, we sell their likeness as a trophy that you can put up over your mantle, you know, in your den, you know, and you choose the one that you want. Like like Trump trading cards. Yeah, like except there's there's a little bit tribunal more variation. Tribunal NFTs. Tribunal NFTs. I like that. I like that. Hanging NFTs. Posthumous NFTs. Totally down. John 317. Um.